Worship is not what we contribute to the lights, the guitars, and all those kind of things. It's about total obedience, total sacrifice, and total surrenderance. And when we understand that, it allows us to worship in any kind of situation. Hey everyone, welcome to the Loop Community Podcast. We are passionate about providing quality and affordable resources for your band to sound great, but more importantly, to help you sound like you. I am here with John Mike, very special guest today. He is the yes, director sir. of our Gospel Multitracks division. How's it going, John? It's going great. Beautiful city out here. First time in Chicago. I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. Awesome. It's great to have you here. Uh, I have a quick question for you before our interview that kind of okay. sets it up today. How often do you listen to CCM, Christian Contemporary Music? Um, not that often. I mean, I think I maybe know about a good two to three CCM artists. Wow. You know, I won't name names, but I think I can only think of maybe like two or three. So that shows you how often I listen to it. Right. Yeah, I know some of like the churches that do it, like mm -hmm. there's some churches, but outside of that, just actual artists, no. Nah. Yeah, if I think about that the other way. Yeah, what about gospel? How often do you actually listen to gospel music? Now that I work with Loop Community, uh -huh. I listen a little more. I listen to it on occasion. I'll find a song I really like. Okay. But a lot of that is like Elevation Collective. Like, okay, yeah. Like yeah. kind of halfway. The, like, the hybrid stuff. The hybrid stuff. What we would call GCM. GCM, <laughs> Gospel Connect. I like it. GCM, yeah. Some of the GCM stuff. Yeah, I know some of the GCM stuff. Yeah, I know artists now, but a lot of that comes from just working here. Yeah. And probably a little over a year ago when I started, I may have named one gospel yeah. artist. And I probably didn't know any songs they sang. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy that like we're around yeah. the worship culture. Exactly. So much. But it's almost a different experience for us. Different cultures, different viewpoints, different things like that to kind of, you know, right. keep us divided in those areas for whatever reason. Yeah. It's a lot for sure, the separation, but yeah. we all worship the same God. Exactly. We all love Jesus. Exactly. And that's the point of our worship music. And today in our interview that we have, uh, Matt interviews Marvin Mumford. He was at the National Worship Leader Conference. Marvin was there. I was there. It was great to meet him. And they talk about the differences between gospel music and CCM. Sweet. And yeah, let's listen to that interview now. Great. All right, what's up? I'm here with Marvin Mumford at the National Worship Leader Conference in Nashville, Tennessee. What's up, Marvin? Hey, bro, how you doing, man? It's good to be here. Dude, you and I go back many years. We met at Camp Electric, I think. Yeah, probably about six, seven years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. That's the same time I met like Toddy Funk, Bernard Harris. The whole squad. Mar yeah, the whole squad <laughs> is awesome, man. So Marvin, man, super talented musician. Tell us a little bit about just like, what do you do with music? Well, um, me and my son, Marvin II, uh, we travel around the country leading worship, uh, Marvin and Marvin. And uh, God has just given us the opportunity to um, do what we call kingdom worship. 
uh, and kingdom worship for us is a mix of uh, gospel and contemporary music uh, with many styles. It could be a bluegrass song. It could be a jazz tune. It could be an R&B type feel uh, or just a simple, very uh, fluent worship style of a song that we just meld together uh, that allows anyone from any genre, from any ethnic background, from any denomination to be able to find a song to worship with. And I think that's what God has gifted us to be able to do. That's cool. So are you kind of merging like CCM with gospel stuff? Or? We're merging. Yeah, we're blurring those lines. Uh, I was talking with a few guys earlier about we've lost the aspect of writing songs to God. We write songs about God. And so we're trying to get back to that line of writing songs to God and then giving him everything. You know, those songs that we would listen to on the radio, sometimes we hear those, but then we say, no, I would never, you know, do a song like that in church because it has too much of a beat to it. Well, we can take one of those traditional hymns uh, like uh, Jesus paid it all or come thy fount and put something on that. And now you get that expression of the theology that was in that hymn right. with a little groove or a little feel uh, that makes you feel a little bit better about the music. Because sometimes right. in church, right. I think we get depressing in our worship sometimes. It's <laughs> like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But I think because God has done so much for us, I think our worship needs to be exciting. Don't mean you have to be jumping around and like anything like that. Yeah. But our worship should be exciting. It should be an extension of our heart towards God. Yeah, right. So uh, that's what we do. What instruments do you play? So uh, it's more of what instrument I do not play. <laughs> uh, my father taught me very early that um, if you're going to eat as a musician, you better play a multiplicity <laughs> of instruments. I've done that. I started out as a bass player and a drummer, piano. I went to school to learn brass so I could teach. And now acoustic guitar, electric guitar, little things like that. Wow. Um, so do you do like acoustic looping? And I stuff? do. And what's crazy is that a lot of times it's because it's just me and my son yeah. uh, and he's playing drums, the aspect of the rhythm thing that we do really transcends in our worship. Many people ask us all the time, oh man, what was that chord you played or that groove you was doing on? Kind of like, yeah, a right. lot of times it's just because of something that the rhythm that my son is playing on his drums that allows me to do something on my acoustic. I, right now, that's all I play is acoustic guitar and I love acoustic guitar because yeah. as, uh, my dad calls it the box guitar, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it allows me to do so much in any given space, whether it's plugged up or not plugged up. I can do a whole lot with right. it. Uh, we, we enjoy what we get to do, bro. we really do. Even just a couple minutes ago, we were talking about how the acoustic guitar is like coming back into the gospel genre? So for, uh, in history, when it comes to music, uh, the only instrument that we had at any point was an acoustic guitar. Yeah. We got that maybe had two or three strings on it um, that, you know, someone, you know, didn't want anymore and we just found it or someone gave it to us so we could learn to entertain them. And so we got away from that instrument because because of the connotations of all the things that happened with it through slavery and things of that nature. Uh, The African-American community. You guys got away? Away from yeah, from the acoustic guitar. guitar. So we went to electric bass, drums, pianos, all those kind of things. Because of the connotation oh. of what was uh, with the acoustic guitar for so long, it was considered a, a slavery instrument. Interesting. Uh, and so many people uh, just went away from it completely. But the aspect of really what that acoustic guitar does, it has an intimacy that many people don't even realize. I can sit in my room just with me and play my acoustic guitar yeah. and really talk to God. Or I can get on a stage in front right. of 5,000 people and plug that instrument up right. and and speak to God just as well. Yeah, so it right. allows me to transcend. So over the last few years here, maybe the four or five years here, more African-American artists or gospel artists are utilizing that instrument to lead worship now, which, wow. you know, it has always been a, a very viable tool. Yeah, when I started leading worship, when I when I was 12 years old, I that's, yeah, I learned acoustic guitar. But see, for, for our counterparts as African-Americans, when you're three or four years old, you get an acoustic guitar. <laughs> you know, you're sitting on the porch yeah. with dad or grandpa 
that's what he gives you. Yeah. Give you acoustic guitar to see if you want to do something else. Yeah, yeah. That's just natural. You've always grown up yeah. with that. For us, we've always been given a pair of drumsticks or, or something like that or a wow. piano and things of that nature, you know, go and do this and all wow. those kind of things. So the acoustic guitar was not one of our favorite instruments because, yeah. again, the action on it was really high and things yeah, of that right. nature. If right. you didn't get a good one, uh, and in our community, we couldn't purchase a real good uh, guitar and, and many companies weren't designing them for what we do and who we were. Now it's a total different world now, man, you know. Uh, um, so there's a lot of aspects that fall into that yeah. picture of why. Yeah, why do you think acoustic guitars are coming back? Well, again, first of all, uh, because of the intimacy. Second of all, because we're writing different music. Music is transcending. We were talking about the uh, elevation. Uh, the Elevation album and the Travis Green new album and his previous album before that, Todd Delaney album and things of that nature. The guys are writing different songs that express to God how much they love him and how much he means in a different way now that allows the acoustic guitar to be featured, to be a tool that we can use uh, instead of just something that we had on the side. And now with that, more and more African-Americans are now utilizing that tool. And worship has become very multicultural now. So uh, you have a lot of African-Americans who are leading a multicultural four or 5,000 ministry. Uh, and so they're doing the David Crowder songs. They're doing the Matt Redman songs. Right. They're doing the Hillsong songs along with the Ty Tribbett and the Fred Hammond yeah, right. and the Todd Delaney and Travis right. Green, Tasha Cobb songs. Right. So that chasm that was there for so long is yeah. now a lot smaller. And yeah. so it's been very open to a lot of things. And I love that too. When I yeah. first heard that Elevation Collective's album, I'm like, this is so amazing. And it's like so, oh man, just the vocals on it are powerful. And it gave the, a lot of gospel community and the, yeah. the contemporary Christian community an eye-opening experience of we can work together. Yeah. For a long time, it's always been segregated. And like I said, we were talking earlier. Yeah, yeah. And Sunday morning is probably the most segregated day of the year because we go to our sanctuary and, and then our white friends go to their sanctuary and our Hispanic friends go to their sanctuary. Mm. And we're so divided. And that's not what God has intended. Although we may worship a little bit different and play a little bit different and sing a little bit different, it's still worship unto the Lord. And so that needs to be... Be the main umbrella right. and for a while when you see some of the mega churches that are growing up now you see that that aspect is what's happening yeah. multicultural multi-ethnic multi-generational worship that's happening yep. uh, and it has opened the doors for a lot of things to happen so you're seeing that change oh yeah without a doubt we're seeing that change in many places i, I travel a lot throughout yeah. the country me and my son and so like last week we were in a church in bluffton south carolina uh, and the church probably has about 125 people and there was no one demographic that was higher than the other one. Yeah. You had blacks, you had whites, yeah. you had six Hispanics, uh, a couple of Asians. It just looked beautiful. It looked like all nations, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then we'd be engaged in worship and so we did a little Crowder, we did a little Marvin Mumford, we did a little Travis Green, we did a little Todd Delaney yep. and so the worship aspect of it was the same reflection of what the church looked like. Yep. Uh, for so long it hadn't been uh, and so now you can look on television and the computers and see the mega churches doing all styles of worship right you know right uh, do you think I, the elevation collective album is something we're going to see a lot more of i do think and we're progressing in that more so that you're having churches to now do that you know mm -hmm. for a long time it just was an artist that did worship now you have churches who are leading worship and adding that aspect to where we can have this collective of different songs because there's so many people who are going to this church and what does it feel like to have steve on keyboards and jonathan on drums 
comes. What a different a feel that we get in that relationship because Steve is from a a, a very Republican background yeah. and Jonathan might be from a Democratic background. But when they sit on these instruments and worship God, all that goes out the window. Yeah, right. I actually just got into listening to gospel music probably a year ago. I mean, I was like born and raised on CCM, you know, like Chris Tomlin. I never knew anything about gospel music up until about a year ago. And I started listening to it. I'm like, what have I been missing out on? Right. And that's what I loved about the Elvish Collective is that it kind of merged the two. Right. And that's the aspect of, you know, even on the other side where a lot of gospel artists or churches, you know, African-American churches, they didn't even know anything about contemporary Christian music, you know, and Please, to your audience, don't take this the wrong way. But for a long time, I say, oh, well, that's just white music. That's just black music. You know, right. we're not going to do that and we're not going to do that until we understand the lyric content behind it and the emotion behind certain songs and things of that nature, the chord structures and things that yeah. evoke emotion that is in you. So to blend those two worlds together is really changing the scope of how we view worship, how yeah. we understand worship and how open our worship has become to that whole aspect of it. Are there any tips that you would give to a, a worship leader who maybe wants to incorporate more diversity yes. into their church? Yes. So, And I tell this all to worship leaders and pastors across the country because I get this question a lot. Two questions that I get a lot. Marvin, can you come on staff with my church? That's the first question. <laughs> yeah. And then secondly, how can I you know, make my worship or my church more a diverse environment for people? And I say this all the time. It has to be who you are, not something that you do. So literally, um, who sits at your table on a weekly basis? or who do you hang out with if the only people that you hang out look like you act like you walk like you talk like you in the same circle as you then it's going to be very difficult for you to bridge that gap but if the friends that you have and these are my friends you know people say this all the time oh man I got two I got two white friends or I got two black friends but they're really not your friends they're your associates because you would say oh man my friend Matt is my homeboy and then they finally see Matt and they notice that Matt is white and I'm black so there's a major difference in that conversation if I have to tell you the color of my friend then they're really not my friend But if I tell you who my friend are and then when you see them, you notice that there's a color difference in things. Then you understand that our relationship is more important than me understanding what they look like and things Mm -hmm. of that nature. And so for those worship leaders and those pastors who are venturing out, who really want this and saying this is what God is calling them to. It has to be innately who you hang out with, who you spend time with, who are you sitting around the table with as pastors, who is on your your staff. If everybody looks like you on your staff, then that's really not what you want. You know, you can say that because it sounds good in society right now. Because we're trying to be culturally diverse right now, right. but it, it's really not what you really want to do. Um, and that don't mean you got to go out and adopt, you know, five yeah. white kids or five African kids to make that thing happen. No. <laughs> just genuinely, yeah, right. just be intentional about the relationships that you are developing that you are growing yeah. with. Right, man, I love your heart. Always appreciated. Enjoyed your friendship. And uh, how can people find you? Uh, well, it's very simple. Uh, MarvinMumford.com. You can follow me and my son on Instagram, M Mumford. That's M U M F O R D music. M Mumford music. Like Mumford and Sons. Yeah, yeah. So what's crazy is that we had the name before they did, but they got oh. big in the UK before we did. You were Mumford and Son? Yeah, we were Mumford and Son. It was just oh Mumford and Son. Because you know, my son has been playing with me yeah. uh, since he was about six years old. So it was Mumford and Son. Oh, and then amazing. when they got big and huge, uh, you know, it's like, okay, we can't hold that name anymore. Yeah. And so somebody was like, hey, well, you know, it's Marvin and Marvin. That sounds great to me. And so we was like, okay, we just yeah. can drive with that. So Marvin and Marvin. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those yeah. kind of things. You can yeah. hang out with us. And, uh, you know, we love talking about Loop Community uh, because Loop Community for us uh, has changed the way we do worship. And it has also helped me to be able to 
encourage other worship leaders and their their musicians and things how you can develop your sound and your music on a Sunday morning without being Hillsong or Thai Tribute right. or uh, you know uh, Chris Tomlin. I right. can have that same sound and develop my team with the same aspect of it. So that's why you know no matter where I'm at, I champion Loop Community and yeah. Gospel Multi Track. I was thinking about Loop Community. We have like Christian. And I think we have a genre selector for like Christian and worship, and there's another one for gospel because right. the songs are just so different. But now I'm thinking like, man, maybe we just need to have one genre, and it's called worship. Yeah, you know, you know I, mean? I would I would love that to take place at one time, man. But I know over time that's going to have to take place yeah. because you have so many people who are just okay. They're used to hearing the word gospel music. Yeah, you know? they know what artist is going to be in that. They're used to hearing contemporary Christian music. They know what artist is going right. to be in that. So that's why you know uh, when I started doing worship, you know, I asked the Lord, you know, what is this music that you're, that you're giving yeah. me birthing yeah. out of me and it was I just felt he was giving me kingdom music yeah. uh, and that kingdom music is where I blend that gospel yeah. and that contemporary or I blend that bluegrass and that R&B or I blend that reggae uh, and that ska music yeah. along with some uh, you know uh, some heavy rock and things of that nature and you get what we give you man yeah. you know that's uh, the way it should be man I think it's, that's what it should be man and it's not a knock on anyone who just does contemporary right. Right. or just does gospel or anything like that because I think there are elements of where we need all those aspects yeah. uh, but I think there's a remnant that God is birthing which you are seeing now right. uh, with a lot of guys blending that worship aspect of okay let's do this together let's yeah. join hands and worship God together instead of you worship over here and I worship over there yeah I think we there. try to put things in boxes yeah when like God is like beyond a box well that's the, the human nature of who we are we compartmentalize our lives yeah. you know I'm a, a African American I'm a dad I'm a husband you know I'm a brother you know uh, I'm a business owner we compartmentalize yeah. Our lives so much, but in the book of Genesis, chapter 22, is the very first mention of the word worship. Uh, and many people think that Genesis chapter 2, the story of Abraham and Isaac, is about faith, it's not, it's about worship. And in that book, that's the very first mention of the word worship about verse number five. He says, you guys stay here while me and the lad go yonder to worship. So if that's the very first mention of the word worship, that's where we get our definition of the word worship. And in that aspect, we find out that worship is not what we contribute to the lights, the guitars and all those kind of things. It's about total obedience, total sacrifice and total surrenderance. And when we understand that, it allows us to worship in any kind of situation. So me hanging out with Matt is worship. Me uh, loving on my wife and doing homework with my boys is worship taking out the trash is worship it's not just something that i do on sunday morning yeah. or wednesday night our life becomes worship and now i can worship in any kind of aspect wow man it's so good thank you for sharing your heart and just all this stuff man man i greatly appreciate you guys let me hang out with you all right man hey community our featured indie artist this month is jc dirks JC is based in Maryville, Missouri, and he just released his second album in May titled Make Me Like You. The main theme of Make Me Like You is that of holiness and a desire to be more like Jesus. Let's hear from him now. The album Make Me Like You is focused primarily around the idea of holiness and purity before the Lord. One of the lines in the title track, Make Me Like You, says this, Let my normal be hand in hand with you and let my commonplace be within your will. And I think that sums up the overall heart and the overall theme of this album. Seeking a deeper and a closer and a more intimate walk with the Lord where every day our normal behavior as Christians is to be walking in the Spirit, hand in hand with Jesus. Thanks, JC. Now let's listen to one of the songs from his album, The Lord Is His Name.
This is Community Talk. Wow, that was a great interview with Marvin. Yeah, it was. Um, he has such a great heart and is so passionate about what he does. He's also everywhere. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's at every conference. Everything. I mean, I was with him in a conference. You said you was with him uh, of what a few weeks ago. Yeah. And then I was with him a few weeks before that at a, a international mu- musician summit. He was hosting it. I mean, and he was like coordinating everything. Guy was everywhere. Yeah. Like I saw him on this floor, and I walked down two floors, and there he is again running around. Then I look again. He's on stage. He's got a <laughs> mic, and he's not singing. He's talking, you know, and introducing somebody. Then I look up again, and he's upstairs, and I go around the corner, and then he's in a room with a guitar in his hand. Marvin is just the renaissance man. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. just that guy. Yeah, you know. he knows everybody. He's super nice. Yeah. Loves Loop Community and talking about us, which is yeah. really cool. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, so let's dive into this interview a little bit. One of the first things he said was that we need to create and write more songs to God mm-hmm. instead of about God. And yeah. I think that's awesome because songs and worship music is for God. Yeah. We're writing to praise him. Yeah. Um, not just to tell everybody what we know about yeah, exactly. him and it's makes it a more personal experience. And yeah, the songs are going to have things about God to praise True. him and tell him how amazing yeah. he is. Yeah. But it's a really good thought that we need to write and sing songs that are to God because that's why we do it. Yeah, that's why we do it. And so a lot of people that are kind of against the new sound of CCM and gospel uh, versus gospel, what have you, they, they think about, oh, we're missing that inspirational element. Hmm. You know, it's great to hear about God or hear about what you think about God, you know, as you were talking about songs uh, about God as opposed to songs to God. And, and it's almost the same thing, songs that point me to God. Yeah. You know, because I think that's the same element of what right. he's talking about, because that's what these songs did in gospel. They pointed you to God. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going through this, you're going through a struggle, you're, you know, you're not able to make ends meet, but there's God, mm-hmm. you know, it's not directly about who God is. And then and again, it is. It's about who God is and what he's done and what he's going to do. And it's those those constant reminders. And I think if we get back to those points across all genres of Christian music and get into where we're writing songs about God yeah, or pointing people to God, as opposed to singing about what we feel about him, mm-hmm. then I think we can help build those bridges great yeah i think of a lot of songs right now that like actually are doing that and i feel like it's kind of like turning i feel like lots of artists are realizing that they need the inspiration and the emotion into god yeah and i think that's why the elevation collective record works so well like i think about the song do it again Mm -hmm. you know that's an amazing song and it talks about god and it points you to god so anyone can identify with those lyrics in that song you know he's gonna do it again i've seen him do it i've seen you know what i mean it points you to in that emotion that connects with it that hey you may have been here or you may be at this point or you may be going through this or dealing with that but look he's gonna do it and he's gonna do it again you Mm -hmm. know because he did it for you before He's going to do it again. And I've, I've seen him. You know what I mean? Exactly. So those lyrics and those emotions uh, bleed, bleed into those. So I think that's why we need more of that in mm-hmm. the energy and why you see the power that kind of comes in when you sing a song like that. And you get some great singers and some great musicians that are passionate about it into those environments. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that can help a lot with just what Marvin said, that Sunday mornings are the most segregated time of the week. And yeah. That's a pretty powerful thing yeah, to think about. It is. In 
it's not even that it's like anti being together. It's just kind of what's happened yeah. over time. Yeah. And when we're all for the kingdom and for the same purpose, mm-hmm. we need to live our lives out more and come together and True. make it so that maybe that's not the case anymore. Yeah, I think it's changing. It's the, almost the saying, you didn't get here overnight. Right. And it's not going to get fixed overnight. Right. But what you see with the insurgence of ministries that are popping up all over the globe now is pastors, whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're Hispanic or Asian or whatever, are making the attempt to bridge those gaps, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And bring unity to the body yeah. because that's what, uh, that's what Christ wanted. That's the mind of Christ. That's the heart of Christ, you know, that we all worship together, that we all you know, fellowship together. Uh, and we allowed somewhere along the timeline of grace, we allowed the cultural divide to come in because of slavery and all of those things along the path. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it translates into every aspect of our lives, not just church, but all across the board. But I think in this generation, I really, really feel that we're going to see that divide close finally that gap it's almost like dr king you know dr king said he had a dream that black men and white men and all of that you know would worship together that would walk together that you know and Mm -hmm. i'm paraphrasing that wasn't his exact words but that was his dream that's what he saw and uh i really think that we're seeing it happen in so many areas and we're going to continue to see it come together and once we come together uh, as a body, the music is just going to happen. You know, that's right. just a tie-in. You get the body unified. You get the pastors on one accord. You get the members on one accord. You get everybody worshiping together. And the music will just come along with it. It's a, a result of all of those things coming together. Because it's not about the music, like the yeah, specific exactly. songs and right. what they sound like and what your preferences are, right. fast or slow, old or new. And Marvin made an amazing point. I almost jumped out of my seat when I when I heard him say that worship, uh, when he talked about Genesis, the story of Abraham and Isaac yeah. and the first mention of worship and what it really means. It's not about a song. Right. You know, it's not a fast song. It's not a slow song. Uh, worship is a lifestyle. Yes. It's how you style your life. You know, we, we talk about how we style our clothes. Who's our stylist? You know, how is your lifestyle? How is your life being styled? Right. You know, is it obedience? Is it uh, following him? If you can get into those things and understand and cultivate a great lifestyle, then it's going to translate over into your music and your worship as we've deemed it. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, it's awesome having you here on the podcast. It's awesome oh, man, having it's awesome. you in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks everybody for listening and joining us. And make sure to click that subscribe button so click you're it. alerted to click, our click, next click. episode. And yeah, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. Don't want to miss out on future episodes? Hit subscribe.